Welcome to day 269 of Shaped by the Word. I am uh, Paul Kemp here with Matthew Kresge and David Keefe. And for those of you who are listening on Spotify and not uh, actually seeing the podcast, the two are wearing very similar shirts today. So it's so cute to see our staff. Yeah, I was feeling cute this morning. So much in solidarity, you know, with one with one another. Uh, we're continuing through Matthew, and we we, we come to you know uh, the near climax, you know, of uh, of. Matthew's gospel, the rejection of Jesus and his vindication, you know, through the resu- you know, through the resurrection, and so you see, you, you see, Israel's story taking a turn that Israel did not expect, and, and part of the turn in the story is that many who should have recognized the Messiah reject him, and many who should have re- received him do not uh, receive him, and the city that had been at the very heart of who they were is, is under. You know condemnation as well for a city that hadn't uh, hadn't borne fruit. So we come to a really interesting chapter, you know, uh, called uh, the Olivet Discourse, where Jesus, you know, talks about uh, end time things, and uh, it's uh, obviously a much you know debated you know chapter in so many different circles, uh, and it is a tragic chapter in so many ways. It talks about the rejection of the Messiah. And the condition of the world we live in, but also encouraging, knowing that one day that he, he will return and he will put everything, you know, to rights. So uh, before we read uh, the, this chapter and kind of wade into some of the fun issues that are in it, uh, let's offer ourselves in this moment to the Lord. Uh, David, do you mind lifting us up in prayer? No, let's pray. And Father, as we do turn to your word, we, we thank you for your word. And we thank you how it shows us your, your very heart and your desires for your people. And so may we, as we turn to your scriptures, be a people who do long for your return. And until then, may we be found as faithful, um, those who are deeply longing for you, but also faithful to the things that you desire for your people. And so we do ask that you would do that great work in our hearts. Give us wisdom now as we turn to your scriptures. We pray us all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Matthew 24, Jesus left the temple and was walking away when his disciples came up to him to call his attention to its buildings. Do you see all these things, he asked. Truly I tell you, not one stone there will be left on another. Every one will be thrown down. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Jesus answered, Watch out that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name claiming, I am the Messiah, and will deceive many. You'll hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you're not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these things are the beginning of birth pangs. Then you'll be handed over to be persecuted and put to death, and you will be hated by all nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will be betrayed and hate each other, and many false prophets will appear to deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. So when you're standing in the holy, when you see, so when you see standing in the holy place, the abomination that causes desolation, spoken of through the prophet Daniel. Let the reader understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let no one on the housetop go down to take anything out of the house. Let no one in the field go back to get their cloak. How dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women women and nursing mothers. 
Pray that your flight will not take place in the winter or on the Sabbath, for then there will be great distress unequaled from the beginning of the world until now, and never to be equaled again. If those days had not been cut short, no one would survive, but for the sake of the elect, those days will be shortened. At that time, if anyone says to you, look, here is the Messiah, or there he is, do not believe it. For false messiahs and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. See, I've told you ahead of time. So if anyone tells you, there he is out in the wilderness, do not go out, or here he is in a room, do not believe it. For as lightning that comes from the east is visible even in the west, so will the coming of the Son of Man. Wherever there is a carcass, the vultures will gather. Immediately after the distress of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, the stars will fall from the sky, and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. Then will appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then all the peoples of the earth will mourn when they see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a loud trumpet call, and they will gather his elect from the four winds, from one end of the heavens to the other. Now learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. Even so, when you see all of these things, you know that it is near right at the door. Truly, I tell you, this generation certainly will not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Part of a uh, part of the key, you know, to understanding this passage is to you know look at you know the the two questions you know the disciples are asking you know in, in, in verse three as Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, disciples came to him privately and said, "Tell us when will this happen?" And and of course, he has just been talking about you know the destruction of the temple when you know one stone will not be left on top of the other, and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age. And so those are two very different questions. When will the temple be destroyed and when will you come again? And as we read through this, uh, you're having both of these questions answered, you know, simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in, the one, in many instances, he's talking about the destruction of the temple, which will actually, you know, kick off, you know, the end of the age, which will be consummated in his, his return. So as you read, you just need to carefully balance those two mm-hmm. questions, and uh, you still won't agree on every. You know, not everybody will agree on which is referring, you know, to which. But that is kind of a hermeneutical key. You know, to looking through this passage. So, what are some of the things that stand out? I think it's striking the way that Matthew kind of characterizes how Jesus, you know, leaves the temple. Jesus left the temple and was walking away. And in that moment, I mean, this is foundational because the temple has been the center, you know, of man's relationship with God. Or, in other words, you know, how God has chosen to reveal Himself and dwell among His people. Yeah. The temple has been at the center, and now Jesus. You know, walks. He leaves the temple, and he pronounces this you know, statement, saying that the stone, no one, you know, not one stone here will be left on another. In other words, there's a, a the center has changed. You know, that the God's new covenant work has come, and and I mean that that's a, a big moment. You know, as you think about reading the rest of the the chapter, yeah. is the center of of God's relational presence with His people. Has, has shifted. No, and, and, and of course you're coming out of you know chapter 23, where Jesus said, "Look, you know how often I would have gathered you together as a mother hen, you know, gathers her chicks under the week. Look, your house is left desolate." Mm-hmm. And uh, so, and the disciples are looking at you know at at that house, which is you know the very uh, representation of God's presence dwelling among His people. 
Uh, and they look at it and said, what a magnificent you know, building mm. you know, this is. And Jesus said, do not get tied to that building because I tell you the truth, not one stone will be left standing on top of another. And of course, this is a prophecy that was fulfilled you know, within the life, you know, lifetime of most of the disciples. Uh, in 70 AD, the Romans came in and destroyed you know, the city and the temple. And they took the temple down to its bedrock. And, and of course, that probably you know, part of the fulfillment of the sign, that desolation that uh, mm-hmm. Daniel was talking about, was the Roman standard, you know, right in the middle, you know, right in the middle of the temple as they marched in, not only desecrated, you know, the the outer court and then the inner court and then the holy of holies, they toppled the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And there's the fulfillment of that prophecy. There's your house. It's desolate. Mm-hmm. It's not producing fruit. But at the same time, there's a dramatic shift of the presence of God, not in the midst of his people, not in the physical temple, but Mm -hmm. in the temple, you know, that is Christ Jesus. And later in the temple that is the body of Christ. And you think about, you know, Jesus' thing, you know, destroy this temple and, you know, I'll Uh, raise it up. And you're you're seeing, even just the way Jesus begins to speak about the temple, you realize he's speaking about it in a different way. Yeah, I think it's fascinating that you know, they ask the question kind of like, hey, when is all this going to happen? You know, fill us in. And he pretty much tells them, it's going to get really bad for you. You know, it, culture all around you, there's going to be famines, earthquakes, various places. You know, people are going to hate you. You're going to be hated by all nations. But then I, I love verse 12. He says, because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. In other words, you know, God will give you the grace he, you know, to, to make it to the end. He will sustain you. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world yeah. as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. And in other words, you know, there will continue to be a group who are my people who I will sustain to the end. Although the love of most will grow cold. I mean, there's that you know, salvation and, and judgment theme right there where yeah. you, you see it in this passage. You know, and the call to us is is to consider, you know, what it looks like to stand firm to the end. Yeah, there'd be, you know, uh, of course, Paul talks about this. You know, in the latter days, things will go from bad to worse. People going from uh, being you know being deceived, you know, from being deceived to deceiving, and uh, there'd be many you know they gather around themselves, many teachers to tell them exactly what their itching ears want to hear, and of course, some of it will come with fantastic you know displays as well that even. You know the elect, you know, could possibly be deceived. You know, people desperately, uh, the very people who've rejected the Messiah, desperately looking for a Messiah, and uh, their desire for a Messiah leads them to a place where they're easily deceived and easily caught up, or they're looking for another way of salvation, or they're easily mm-hmm. caught up in the things of this world, and, and and they miss it altogether. And so, when you have, you know, at the end of this, you know, when you have a uh, you know, where he says, truly, I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Uh, you, know, you, you have this prophetic you know, kind of sense where whenever you talk about the end times, uh, the inauguration of the end times, you know, uh, possibly coinciding with the resurrection of Christ, possibly coinciding mm-hmm. with the destruction you know, of, of the temple, depending on you know, which interpreter. And uh, culminating in the you know return of Christ this generation witnesses all of these things because they've been inaugurated mm-hmm. you know not not consummated it's not your this generation will witness the consummation the, but the inauguration and then of course mm-hmm. in a prophetic mind the entire section belongs as, as, as one whole 
or, or you know, the last times. Now, one of the big takeaways for me is in life, several things y'all been saying as Jesus began kind of describing the sufferings in the world and, you know, the difficulties of being a disciple that, you know, a prayer I don't often pray for myself or for others that, you know, no. I, I wouldn't grow cold, but that we would stand firm till the end and in the sufferings of the world and difficulties of being a, a disciple that we would stay true to the great commission God's given us, right? To go and make right. disciples yeah. of and, all nations. And, and not panic, you know, because he says, see, I've already told you this. Yeah. You know, not, you know, not panic because indeed, you know, that, uh, again, referring to Paul, things will go from bad to worse. It's going to, it's going to be harder and harder, you know, to, you know, to follow Christ. And, uh, our, you know, our call is not to panic, but to place our eyes on yeah. Jesus and to patiently wait for His, you know, for His consummate, for Him to, you know, consummate His kingdom and, and, and bring it to completion. I love to the, I mean, it's almost just in passing, but you see the concern of the Father for the elect. You know, where He says, "But for the sake of the elect, those days will be shortened." And then He goes on and says that the angels will gather, you know, the elect from the four winds. Like yeah. you're seeing not just a. Hey, I hope you make it, you know, but there is a concern from the Father, you know, towards those who are his that will ensure that, you know, he brings them to the end. He will gather his own. Right. You know, it's a, a you know, the whole idea that, uh, you know, God's, God's providence does not mean that we will not experience difficulty mm-hmm. and, and even, you know, sometimes gut-wrenching, uh, you know, difficulty and, and, and persecution. But his providence does mean that he has set limits to it, and that he is the one who sustains us. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I heard uh, you know our friend Matt Smethurst, you know, saying we we need to get rid of the cliche that you know God never gives you anything you can't handle, and he said we we need to remember that God never leads you into a situation he cannot handle, mm-hmm. and that's you know where our where our confidence is. And so, yeah, the the the, the latter days are going to be. Yucky. Yeah. yeah. Just a. And we don't have to worry about getting distracted by all these kind of, well, there he is. He's coming. Or here's the countdown clock, you know, June yeah. 13th. You know, all these kind of crazy yeah. things. Like, you're going to know. It's going to be really apparent. When it happens. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. going to be very clear. When it happens. Yeah. It's not just going to be a small thing. Yeah. And uh, you have the images of the earth being shaken and the darkness and things like These are used in the Old Testament of just cataclysmic events, you know, that are, are world changing. And, and of course, that will be the mm. ultimate. A cataclysmic, you know, event, a change of the world where grace will be ushered in. But it is a, a woeful time for those who have rejected uh, the Messiah. So as we, we look at it, and of course we will read this tomorrow, that we're not to be concerned about the times and to make charts and things like that. We're to live in the times as a you know people of of Jesus and to uh, uh, look forward you know to His coming. Uh, and and we are to be faithful even in the most difficult of circumstances. Uh, Matt, you mind closing us with a word of prayer? Yeah, let's pray. Father, as we see wickedness increase all around us, would you keep us faithful that our love not grow cold, but instead would we be found um, as men and women who deeply love you and follow you and trust you. Um, God, would you sustain us? Help us to be people who preach the gospel um, in our city, to our neighbors, um, in, in all the world, that you may be glorified and and we may find our joy in you, God. Thank you for this passage. Thank you for the reminder that you sustain us, um, that you've done a, a far greater work um, in us than we could ever imagine. Uh, would we be your people in this place, uh, Father? 
We love you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.